podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. We've got a bit of a special today. We are recording from a car, but that's not the special part. I am joined by some incredible guests. Uh, I podded with them many a times, but they made the trip to Anfield. We watched the game. They are sat face to face. I can see them. They're looking at me. We've got some very happy customers. So Liverpool beat West Ham and I have, well, Two incredible guests and one that will be fleeting in and out. So, first up, I'm joined by Justin Wells, all the way from New York. Justin, how are you? I'm in a great mood. That was, I mean, you know, the risk of flying 3,000 miles and potentially <laughs> losing was, was something that entered my mind. But yeah. uh, glad that it's not a rea- not glad it's not a reality I have to live with. In fact, instead, I'm uh, you know getting to live uh, another version of the dream: a gagged hand in parking lot at post game win podcast. Yeah, he's 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 the designated driver today because uh, I don't do this. He's <laughs> he's a chauffeur, and joining Justin, I am delighted to be joined by Shree, who has been living in London for a little bit, but all the way from India. Amazing, Shree, how are you? Doing good. It's quite weird that I won't be able to mute mics, and I don't need to worry about unmuting them as well. So it's getting a bit weird here. But otherwise, great mood. As Justin said, I think he summed up well. There was always a worry that this could turn out to be the result which we didn't want, especially coming off that high of Porto. Mm. But think, things did go well as we thought it would. It's good that you both highlighted the extensive break as well. We know that Liverpool don't tend to come off good after those. But guys, I am glad we won. Had we lost, I would have seen some very interesting faces to go with those you know, passionate words. And joining Shri, myself and Justin... He, we might ask him for a sentence here or there. It is, you know what? I didn't get excited. It's just gags tandem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great result for personal reasons, but it's a great result for, for Liverpool who moving to second place. So nothing better than that, I think. Never seen a driver with headphones though. <laughs> <laughs> listening to listening to your voices. That's what I'm doing. Making sure the quality's right. Gags also learned quite a bit of Spanish today. Oh, God, get lost. <laughs> dale, dale. What the hell was she on about? I had a Spanish uh, neighbour sitting next to me and she just did my head in. She was a Madrid fan and hated Liverpool. Oh, it just really pissed me off, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I was fed up by half time. Totally fed up. I was, she's like, this is not like Madrid. I go, go to Madrid and watch it then. Like, this, if you're coming to watch Liverpool, you're not going to win. I was like, yes, we're 1-0 up. <laughs> You need another one? Why? We're winning, it's fine. She sounds like a normal Liverpool fan to me. You're not going to win this. <laughs> right, guys, I think we've got to discuss things. So what we'll do is we will start from the goalkeeper, defence and work our way. OK, Karius, uh, your thoughts on Karius? I thought he produced some uh, great saves in the first half. Uh, Shri, I'll come to you. What did you make of him? He seems to be growing in confidence as the games progress. Yeah, this is something we have talked about. Goalkeeper is a position ideally you don't want to rotate at all. Mm-hmm. You want to give them games. You want goal- Goalkeeper is at least a position where they need to know they are the number one and 
quite clear because we have had scenario where the Champions League we have rotated a keeper or in the cup games we have rotated a keeper but now Klopp has quite come out and made a clear stance that it's just going to be careers irrespective of the competition and that's going to give him confidence obviously he knows that he's going to play unless he like makes terrible mistakes on the bounce multiple games he's just going to get a series of games and he came with a huge reputation best goalkeeper in the uh, voted as one of the top goalkeepers from in the bundesliga yeah. he's come with a big reputation obviously we have seen players before who didn't get time to make their mark and obviously left before their best could even be shown on the anfield pitch so it's it's heartening to see that he's getting a series of games and there's a bit of consistency coming into the game which was the uh, worry before that there used to be ebbs and flows in his game as well and it's good that it's uh, plateauing to a consistency which is what we want basically from a goalkeeper whom you can know that he's uh, you can trust him and he's dependable absolutely i mean it was almost a flawless performance wasn't it bar obviously obviously not the, the lack of a clean sheet there justin but um i think i think shree's made some really good points there about not rotating the goalkeeper Carries has played a fair few games now and we're seeing that he is slowly growing into that role and he's a young keeper. Yeah, he also seems to really really do something that's been lacking from us for a while which is look to really just get up, restart play quickly mm. and get us moving. Um you know, it wasn't like uh like it was the last league game we played where uh he started a move that led to uh a goal. I can't remember who we played in the last league game we played in, but he you know he starts Southampton. Yeah, it was the Southampton. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he starts um Firmino's goal by the or Salah's goal by that mm. beautiful distribution out to uh, Ox, but he did that. He, he he looked to move the ball quickly today too, and it really for the most part it worked out. He did put Van Dyke under pressure once, but you know they're they're humans. They're they're going to occasionally make mistakes in the, in the course of a game, and I don't think you should try to kill him for uh, for the ones he's made because he was you know pretty good today. And that was a West Ham team that really didn't come to park the bus. They came to play us, and mm. he had to actually do some work. and he did it pretty well. Absolutely. I mean, Gags, what did you think of the reflexes on the save in the first half? Yeah, they were great. They were really good saves. There was one uh that was the chip which was uh you know, Anatovic was was brilliant I thought in the first half. He was you could tell he's a player on form and he needed to cut him out, but he was clever enough and alive enough to tip that one over and then he tipped the another one as well, didn't he? I think there was a couple. So, um, you know, Carrius did exactly what he needed to. And uh you know, there was one kick but He, he he was fine with the second one after, straight afterwards immediately he got it out of his system so yeah no complaints uh, standard performance had to make a couple of big saves did it the goal i don't think you can really blame him no all right i'm going to ask you um just like a bit of a curveball now slightly away from the game but um a goalkeeper is a position that we have been linked with or there has been talk about it if if carries continues to kind of produce this form and carry on showing that he does have some promise Do you think Liverpool still need to go in for a goalkeeper? Um fire away uh Shriek and Justin let us know your thoughts. I think the problem has been I I don't know if it's enough of a period to judge because let's not forget why Mignolet started this season because he was coming off a, se- a series of uh, games which was where he had a consistent set of performances and the people thought that there was an upturn in his form and he was getting rewarded in terms of starting again so i'm not sure whether uh it's addition but the only thing is uh, what we need to be quite clear is neither minyole nor carries are you would say they are too you would say they are too good enough to be a number 2 so you wouldn't mm-hmm. ideally want either of them to be a number 2 so if if the addition has to be made it's just my personal opinion the only person who can be a number 2 is basically danny ward 
neither both of them both of the other top two keepers do need games yeah. so if 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 carries is the choice he needs to be number one otherwise there's no point persisting with him personally Sean Justin, your thoughts on that? I mean, it, I think for me it all depends on who you can bring in. If it's someone like the like um, like Allison, then like I would still go ahead and do it because it is an upgrade. Mm. Uh, Allison is a world class keeper, and having a world class keeper uh, would would really really oh, it help it better, any it? team. Yeah. It help any it mm. help any team. So if we can if we can get him, then yeah. But if it's a situation where it's Carius or like let's just say you know Jack Butland, if Carius plays well enough, I'm sticking. I'm sticking. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, so to me, it all depends who you can get. That's really it. I think that's fair. And Gags, are for you to weigh in on this one? Uh, no, nah, stick stick for now. If we get a, if we get a world class keeper, highly renowned, then uh, to to to, and we get rid of Minilay, then great. Uh, for now, stick with Carius. Okay, I think that's a Carries discussion done. We're going to speak about the defence now and the centre-back pairing. And Justin, I'm going to come to you because, you know, there's a man that you love right now, Virgil van Dijk. Uh, your thoughts on him and Matip? Um, I thought they commanded pretty well. They did. Um, Arnautovic ha- had the run of Matip a few times, but it, and that was the first half. Matip really kind of sussed out the situation and really kind of shut him down uh, pretty well. The The only goal comes from... Kind of the entire defense getting dribbled around by uh, by Mikel Antonio, but um, Van Dyke is so composed. He is mm. such a he's a communicator. You could, you know, where we were sitting in the main, we were sitting in the main stand, probably about, you know, halfway mid, up. Yeah, halfway up. I could mm. I could hear him. Like, mm. and it's you know, it's, it's not exactly as if Anfield's a pretty quiet place. You know, it's, mm. there's a lot of noise there, but you could still hear him every place. And he, he's he's oozing confidence out to the rest of the team. Uh, one of the things that's really, I think, kind of underrated in what he's doing is he's allowing whoever is playing next to him at left back to really, really maraud and move up and down the pitch. Um, Robertson could basically do whatever he wanted up that wing and because of the fact that he knew that there was just someone solid behind him where if he made a mistake, he would just clean up after it. And Van Dyke is an incredibly intelligent player. He sees everything. He organizes everything. Um, he's probably the best defender I've seen us have in quite some time mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to what he's going to do with actually a full preseason. Absolutely and I think a lot of Carries' form could be credited to the fact that there is somebody who tell you know speaks to him yeah. and you know commands the back four. I mean Shri your thoughts on the centre-back pairing because although Van Dyke has pretty much been starting but he still has to you know he has been playing with either Lovren or Matip. Your thoughts on that pairing today? So personally, when I saw the team lineup, but at least I was quite surprised in terms that I was expecting Lovren to start, mm. and because again, centre backs is a pairing. At least as a pairing is a position you wouldn't want to just change for the sake of changing. Uh, ideally, only if you have an injury or you, there is clear workload issues, you would want to swap. And first off, as as uh, Justin mentioned, the Matip was quite. It was interesting to see. So Arnautovic ideally started in between the centre backs, and then quite clearly identified Matip as the weaker of the two and started hanging on his shoulders. And you could see that he was trying to beat him with his pace and also his ability to cut in, which would wrong foot Matip. So, uh, Matip was, I would say, in terms of the first half, was quite caught out in more than multiple occasions. And uh, it was also interesting to see because Matip and Van Dijk, for me, kind of do the similar things. And I would have preferred Lovren, who, who we know. Lovren, it's... You don't ask him to lead anything, just ask him to get the job done. And he, it's quite clear that that is the role which suits him. While both Matip and, and Van Dijk, at least in the first half, seem quite content in terms of sweeping up balls or clearing balls or just playing balls out of the bag, which which I'm, I think 
especially because once west ham started hitting the channels or using the aerial ball it was a question of addition making who's going to attack the first ball and uh, if lovren plays it's quite clear lovren usually attacks the first ball it, that's mm. that's something we have seen so i think it was just question of getting used to again the batting and this is something we should ideally avoid we don't want people just starting to get used to each other every game we would ideally like a solid stable pairing like we have decided on the keeper should be the way forward it could be any one of the two but lovren considering the form i was quite surprised he didn't start today Interesting. I mean, so guys, another curveball for you two. Uh, Gags is at the moment stuck in traffic, so I won't come to him. But would you rather that money uh, be spent on a goalkeeper or a solid partner for Van Dyke? Solid partner for Van Dyke. Mm. Solid I'm partner way. for Van Dyke. And that way as well. Yeah. I and, think it helped him massively. And also a player who contrasts to what Van Dyke possesses in terms of ultimately it's about a balance and mm. it's not about having two players who could do the same things well it's about covering each other's weaknesses as well it's it's actually very true that i remember um, you know like I'd, I'd speak to my brother and obviously he remembers the era of hansen and lawrenson and he always say if one of them made a mistake the other one's right behind to clean up you, do you know what I mean? So if you get past one, the second one would be there. And I think that's absolutely crucial. Gags made a point during the game as well, Justin, about um, Matip. And we spoke about this, that, you know, I think Shree's absolutely right that he looked a bit ropey and stuff. And, you know, Gags said, um, I think it's due to Trent Alexander-Arnold just sort of marauding forward and just sort of leaving banks of space. That's what Van Dijk's quite comfortable in that situation. But I don't think um, Matip is. He kind of needs like a Gomez like tucked with him. Yeah, and I think also some of that would be a bit resolved by having, um, I think, more of a, a screen in midfield. For all the things you could say about us today, the game was open, yes. and West Ham did have chances, and they created chances, because our midfield seems to be very geared towards turning, playing in transition, and going forward, but not necessarily at controlling uh, space and other teams' ability to cut through us. Like, we kind of, we, you know, the fact that we need other teams to come onto us to attack is largely due to the fact that our midfield doesn't control things and doesn't mm. you know, create in, in ways that are uh, a bit more unorthodox. No, that's a fair shout. And Shree, coming to you, your, your thoughts on Trent Alexander-Arnold, we'll discuss him first. Um, great to see him back playing again today. Um, I thought, you know, he, he looked quite lively in the first half, was trying to put in the... I think both the fullbacks were pretty lively and I think largely down to the fact that there was, um, you know, some age in that West, on, on the flanks for West Ham. I think, the, I, if I'm not wrong, I think this is his fourth game on the bounce. I think this is his longest run as well in terms mm. of staying in the team. And uh, it was interesting to see because we knew Gomez had been fit and obviously there had been a break. Uh, but obviously Klopp in some cases has chosen to continue with the current form in terms of the ability of players. Who, if they are played well, he's stuck on to them as well. So in terms of Arnold... Obviously, he provided an outlet and we needed width because in terms of defending, it was quite clear what West Ham were trying to do. They were trying to narrow it, playing three, uh, basically moving into a back five and they didn't have the ball, which would mean that the three centre-backs would narrow the space down in the middle. So, we needed to obviously get... Bit. And let's not forget, in terms of handling their their left side, it was basically Evra and uh, uh, Cresswell, who were basically both are left backs. Mm. So, you had one person playing as a wing back, one person playing as a centre back. And Cresswell has played a bit as centre back, but that's clearly one space we could easily explore because it's it's not natural positions for either of them. So, I think in terms of what we needed to achieve in terms of the outcome for the game, I think Arnold was the perfect fit. Justin? I mean, Shree pretty much captured what I, mm. what I think about Trent Alexander Arnold pretty well there was one moment though that i do want to highlight and that i just loved and it's just for no other reason besides banter um 
Evra and Trent Alexander-Arnold just had like a run-in collision, and Evra like looks like he's carrying some extra weight, and you could hear it, <laughs> but you could hear it from where we were sitting because it was on the near sideline to us. Yeah, runs right into him. I was thinking, oh, I think I think Trent's gonna come out worse for wearing this one. It was Evra. Like Trent, he's a lot more solid than he than he looks. That's a strong kid. Yeah. That no. also means Evra was shit. That's what he means oh, to say. Was awful. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, it is. It's good. I mean, yeah, I, I love the fact that, you know what? We've got an experienced player in Klein who hasn't featured all season, and these two kids are really holding that down. And, uh, you know, that, that makes me proud, the fact that, you know, they are really fearless. And Trent has been magnificent. And let's not forget, he, was, he it's good to see him bring in that positive form from the Porto game where I thought he was absolutely magnificent. Justin, um, I'm going to come to you now. A player that you were absolutely in awe of today was Robertson. He was all over the place. He was everywhere. He created so much. Um, he, you know, he did more in that 90 minutes than the entire club whose ground I'm staring at has done all season. Right in front of Goodison, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we are. notices. Anybody <laughs> wants to know. But uh, he, no, he was all over the place. Uh, the one thing I really wanted was I, I wanted him to get on the score sheet because his performance would have merited it. But he did create and set. He created and set up two of our uh, two of our goals. One through press and one through a very, very, very nice cross to Mane. Mm-hmm. Uh, just he 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 was allowed to do whatever he wanted in that game today, and he was he was so instrumental. He overlapped so much. Didn't he? Overlapped so much. He was an option all the time. There was a chance he created for for Mo Salah first half. Put it on his head, and it wasn't like you know the crazy fucker that just kept on crossing a few times. We've seen him just just go for it. I'm gonna cross. I'm gonna cross. He didn't. He didn't do that, did he, he Justin? Now, he? Yeah, like Justin. When we were watching it, he kept on stopping. I'm not crossing there. It's not a good position. I'm stopping. I'm gonna play inside instead. And I thought he made the right decisions today. Yeah. Yeah. So fair play to Robertson. I'd, I'd you know, he's it, very close to a man of the match performance for me. You know, almost scored one of the flukiest goals that I would have that we would have seen too. That that miss hit cross that somehow carried with that that wind was weird and it really played a factor on both keepers. But that one almost went into the Francesca upper corner. 2006. <laughs> Almost. Oh, no. Don't bring that up. <laughs> West Ham. Yeah. Still hurts. Shri, and your thoughts on you, Robertson? You because I think that. what the lads have really highlighted there is um, he's kind of displaying maturity now and it feels like, you know, he seems more settled within this team with the players that he's playing with. He knows the runs that they're going to make and things. And I, I think one common thread we... So, for example, we have talked about Trent's performances. We've talked about carriers. Again, now Robertson. One common thread is just consistency of minutes. And it's quite clear. There might be multiple reasons why they're doing well, but one of the main reasons has to be the consistency of their selection. And there's no doubting in terms of helping Robertson also that's been helped. So we have talked much about Robertson, so I'm just going to talk about the point we have not talked about. One one thing I really liked was his off-the-ball runs where he would literally make a straight run rather than cut in, which would force their third centre-back to split. So off Obviously, his runs, what also did was created space in the middle, which wasn't there before because they looked to always set up narrow and defend their box with the three centre-backs. And he made a lot of runs from out to in, but along the edge of the box, which made that the centre-backs had to pull it out as well. I mean, has anyone got any more final points on Robertson before we move on to the midfield? No, let's, let's move to the Okay, middle. hang on. No, I've got another curveball for you. Moreno um, came on for a short period of time. Right now, would you rotate the left back or would you stick with Robertson? I would actually use Moreno in the front three for now. If we need a substitution with pace, 
um, he's he's the most likely. Interesting. He, he's the most likely one to actually do anything. Doesn't like defending the things. Yeah, let him just it, let him just go forward. <laughs> <laughs> there's, an, there's a there's a tremendous like the one thing about our bench, even if you looked at it today, there's a tremendous lack of kind of directness. Yes, and I think that Moreno, at least when he were, we're attacking, provides that. So I would actually think he is he might be best as an attacking substitution for the moment. Interesting, Shall, Shri, your thoughts? Yep, uh, Robertson has to play in terms of defense at least. Again, like the keeper, there's no need to change unless there's there's a force change. So and yeah, I would say Moreno could actually play in in an advanced position and it will be interesting to see because of Moreno's Moreno always looks to cut in like when he has the ball he wants to get into the center and this is a natural overlap for what Robertson would do so he, mm. I think both of them even if they played together could easily coexist yeah there was a point where uh, Moreno nearly created a goal for Robertson right at the end defended pipped it right and gave us got us a corner but Robertson was in the box at that point so um, you could really see them work like that, but only only late subs. That's the only reason Moreno came on, really. I don't think he was going to come on otherwise. He's got a lot of pace, uh, lots of nice... Uh, he did a recovery tackle, his his speciality, um, even in that short time that he was on. So, yeah, it's nice to get him some, so, you know, a run. But, you know, the, I, I think, yeah, let's move to the midfield because there's plenty to talk about there. Okay, and I think the first name I'm going to go with is James Milner. Um... Again, I, I thought he had a pretty decent game. I thought he was going for everything. He was, you know, uh, at one point he even got himself almost injured. Got himself almost injured trying to shoot a ball. I mean, that, that's not a person who half commits to anything, right? Yeah. He, he, he's, uh, he's the all-action James Milner. Uh, I, thought he was, I thought he was really good today. I thought he was, uh, there was a period of time in the second half where he might have drifted out of the game for a short period. And I think that was right around the, the West Ham goal. But uh, we, you know, the entire team kind of drifted out of it for five minutes at that point, and um, he was really good, just mm. reasonably creative. Uh, was trying things with with the ball that uh, you know, looked he he looked to try to trouble and pressure West Ham, which is what we needed to do. Yeah, and I think um, Shri, I think he was quite the ideal candidate candidate against like a team like West Ham, who 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 are quite renowned for being quite physical. So you kind of need that kind of gutsy, um, you know, kind of like a meathead in the midfield, so to speak. Gammon. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, uh, I think one thing it might just a caveat. It might be just one game, but seeing him live. My opinion of what James Milner contributes seems to be far more than far different. I would not say far more, far different than what I would have thought he does in a game in terms of if I had watched Ooh, it over TV. Please elaborate on that. So, so in terms of, it's quite difficult to see what he does essentially off the ball in terms of he when the camera is not following him. Correct. Yeah. Basically, so it's, see, it's it's also about when we play a midfield three. You ideally want to have it as three lines of play. You would want an advanced player going by the Brendan Rodgers terminology of having a controller, a recycler and a basically a box-to-box guy. So it it was quite interesting to see how our midfield operates when they don't have the ball. And I thought today, especially since Ginny wasn't there, Milner was an ideal fit in, in this midfield. And mm. Milner seems to seems to be okay irrespective of who's playing as the deepest midfielder. Like he's, He seems to have coexisted well with Henderson. He also seems to have coexisted well with Chan today. So I think, I think we personally, all of us, might be surprised as to the number of minutes he's actually got due to multiple reasons. But his 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 form isn't the reason why 
he his form is the i would say is the biggest reason why he's again getting minutes he's in form and he should continue getting minutes i don't see i don't see a reason where we could line up with the midfield three who where we have three players who are who are on better form than milner so milner again consistent performances and he needs to start It's, you know what, Gags? Um, it's quite refreshing to see him having some quite decent games in midfield. And I think that's been largely down to the fact that he hasn't been playing an awful lot. So, therefore, he doesn't look spent. No, he doesn't look spent. But he, he had something. He's, it, when he's playing centrally really like deep, he's easy to bypass. But when he's like kind of like your terrier in the team to go and break things down and he does that well he's he's either going to like i keep saying to i kept saying to just in the game he's either going to take the ball he's going to take the man he's taking something with him you know when he comes in for those tackles so and he has that and not only that you saw against porto there's something with his game he can take a shot he's probably the one that's more more likely to take a shot than anyone else in midfield and um he is also a backup left back that's on the pitch so if robertson does go forward what he does do very well and he played whole last season there is just go and sit in that left back spot and that's really vital for us because Ginny's not a natural left back whereas this guy has had a year of it and he's not natural but he's had a year of it so he knows what the team's going to do how they're going to play and that's a big big you know advantage for the squad he is he is Yeah, he's a massive utility guy and I think uh, that's why I think uh, Jurgen Klopp really fancies him so much because he can do a lot of jobs not probably to the best of his ability but he can get the job done and I thought today he was uh, he was great and something that I noticed as well guys the fact that he was playing like that really allowed the other midfielder that I'm going to speak about Emre Jan to really maraud forward something that he's been criticized of that he's not creative enough he he doesn't offer enough um diversity up front but today my god i mean justin speaks me about emre jan today very unlucky not to have assisted a goal cuz he was mm. really trying the scored west, as well today yeah, he did score today <laughs> uh, west ham west ham <laughs> west ham's line uh, was really high something i mentioned mm-hmm. to gags right the game they were playing they were playing a very high line they were really really trying to play us and Emre, I think, kind of noticed that and really tried to play the ball over the top, particularly to Salah. I mean, there he was did a something lot very similar against Burnley. Burnley were playing like quite deep, and they were parking the bus, and he thought, "Fuck it, I've had enough of this," and he just lofted the ball over the defense. Was it Huddersfield? It was a team that parks the bus. That's all I know. But yeah, um, lots of lofting balls. Uh, carry on there, Justin. But he was. Um, I mean, he was. He was very, very good today. Um, the second half, once he started releasing the ball quicker, that's when I think we really. That's when we really started. Um, you know, kind of blitzing them and really just starting to score goals. Um, it, it was just a situation where he bossed the game. He made one mistake. It led to their goal. Yeah. He should be called out. It was a terrible pass, terrible yeah. place to lose possession. But um, he, he really just kind of bossed the game, controlled the game, slowed it down when we needed to, sped it up when we needed it to, and uh, definitely also had a little bit of like the snide about him that we, that we mm. really, really need. He's... Um, he, I like him. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be sad to see him go if he does. I think he's gone, but I'll be sad to see him go because I think, I think he's a very good footballer. Absolutely, he certainly is. And Shri, your, your thoughts on Emre Can? Uh, Bust that midfield covered a lot of ground as well today. I thought he, again, he was one that was everywhere. Yeah, uh, I think you could sum up like almost like a lot of games of Emre Can's career at Liverpool is you could sum it up like he grew into the game, mm. like. 
obviously he struggled in the te- first 10 say you could say 10 15 minutes where he, he gave the ball away at least couple of times where he could have easily controlled it with a far more simpler pass maybe he tried to be too cute and start to, but obviously the goal settled down and the goal helped and it was quite clear we were looking to expose them aerially and it ultimately came off a set piece imagine liverpool actually scoring off a set piece but uh, so in that way i think we tried this was a tactic which was clearly tried as you said in terms of high line and using the aerial delivery and ultimately it worked off a set piece and once the goal came in obviously he seemed like a far a, f- a very different player in terms of how he controlled the game obviously the controlling the tempo of the game because it, it i it looked intentional to me but the ebb and flow was crazy in this game like liverpool would have 10 minutes where they would look like this team we have seen where they've just blitzed opponents and then they the other 30 minutes we would look like having a training session i would just keep passing the ball at a slow pace just ensuring we uh, it's uh, it, game management yes but it was like really far too slow even for a game management point of view so it was quite uh, weird to say that but emre chan was the guy who was controlling it he was basically basically the whole directive of the team was based on how he would play and i think once the goal came in i think he started to boss the game totally and i think at the end of the game you could argue that he was the best midfielder easily though he made the mistake as justin pointed out but on on looking at the overall set of things what he contributed to the game and how he controlled the game i would say emre chan was the best of the three midfielders we put out today gags yeah i'd agree with that i think he was uh, he was the better one even though he conceded the goal uh, if you look at the second half though i'd probably say ox was the best midfielder in the second half so uh, you had a bit of a stinker first Yeah yeah he I thought I thought first half I didn't think he had a very good game I think Justin put it up while we were watching he's keeping an eye on his duels and he he wasn't winning many of them he was losing a lot pulling out of challenges a lot but I let Justin go through those but then second half I thought he came on and he had a different life to him he was dropping into the pockets in between uh, do people call them half spaces nowadays I don't know in between midfield and the in, in between their midfield and defense turning Oh, and that pace and then getting in down down the right channel sometimes in behind the defense basically making a lot more runs off of their midfield uh when we had the ball for Emre trying to go and find him or 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 a mid, or a defender to find him and I thought that's where he excelled and uh, he had a really good second half for me I think so don't remember it blind as a bat it might have been Ox uh, Justin will confirm how blind I am she can't see anything <laughs> she knew we were in red <laughs> she knew we were also in Liverpool so it had to be Liverpool. Yeah. Had to it had to be Liverpool. No Buffon, yeah. No Buffon. She sorry. was wondering like what the light blue shirts we're not playing City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Justin uh, Gags kind of uh, introduced you in there nicely about some of the jewels that you thought he kind of missed out on in the first half. I, th- I thought he was the one that kind of grew into the game today. Oh yeah. Um just uh, an overall point before I get into my my um My, my critique of Ox's performance is in the first half I don't know why but we really um uh, you know had an easy easy strategy that we could exploit which is their fullbacks are old and slow. Yes. We didn't attack them well enough. The second half we did. We pressed them, we got behind them and we created a chance after chance. Maybe it was Moyes setting the team up correctly in the first half to a- avoid having that happen, you know, possible. Um, David Moyes, for as much uh, for as much as I dislike him and find him to be, and just find him to be kind of a whiner, isn't a is ter- not a terrible football manager. He, he's decent. He's not great. Um, no. The the one thing at least he's good at is setting up solidity. Yeah, down the middle. That's something. He's 
he's made his whole career out of that, yeah. basically. But um, Ox was really instrumental in exploiting the space behind Evra in the second half, much like mm-hmm. Rapo was in, in exploiting the space behind uh, Zabaleta. But there was just one challenge that Ox had, which kind of summed up his first half. Um, Jean, Jean heads a ball. Ox doesn't know if he should go. Doesn't know if he should go in and try to claim it off of his chest, let it bounce, and what ends up happening is West Ham end up with a with a, with a transition opportunity that um, they just you know managed to not do anything with because they weren't particularly productive today. But uh, he just felt like he was not showing for the ball, not going through challenge, not going through challenges. He was just kind of invisible. At times, it looked like we were playing with ten men in the first half. The second half, he really turned it on. Showed a lot of energy and you know really kind of controlled the right side of the field mm. uh, to to allow Salah space in the area and uh, came up with some good crosses. Probably was unlucky to not not assist. Was unlucky to not have an assist and was unlucky not to score. See, I'm not blank. He did have a shot. Mm. Yeah, I can breathe easy now. Shri, your yeah. thoughts on Ox? There, I mean. I think the guys have touched on that great. I think, you know, in the first half, certainly, I felt like the ones that were stepping up in the midfield were Emery Jean and uh, James Milner. Yeah, so, again, they played through the centre and that meant that Ox role had to... It was it was quite clear the second half performance was something Klopp surely had brought up because the whole approach changed in terms of what Ox was trying to do in the second half. Because in the first half, Literally, you couldn't see what Ox was doing. He, he was, as Justin said, he was practically invisible. There was no space for him to make runs because they had three centre-backs there. So, it was quite clear we needed to exploit different space and that's what Ox uh, came up with in the second half. So, I would say, in terms of the most improved player, you, there is a fair argument that it was indeed Ox. Most chances created as well. Yeah, Ox, uh, that was Gags there telling us that Ox created the most chances for there. So, a, a good game and it certainly it all came from the second half of the game. Gags, have you got any more stats there that you'd like to reel off to us? Yeah, Robert, Robertson had three chances created. Uh, Firmino, two as well. Uh, Trent and Emery Jean with two each. Uh, and then Milner with the one. Uh, Shots-wise, you look at it. I, I mean, Milner, 100 passes today. Most passes. And uh, 89, 89% accuracy, that's, that's pretty damn good. Emre Jan, 85 out of 99. So you could see that the ball was in midfield more than defence, which is what we want to see. We want to see the midfielders draw, you know, playing with the ball and not, not our defenders. That's right. And in terms of shots, Sadio Mane with six today, three on target, one goal. Uh, Mo Salah, five, three on target, one goal. And Bobby, two, both on target. And a goal as well. So, A India have also put in additional stats about Milner in terms of most touches, most passes completed, most tackles won, and highest tackle completion percentage. All, all for James Milner. Wow, incredible! It's good to see that. Okay, so I think any final thoughts on the midfield there? Do you think Klopp got his tactics spot on playing that midfield? Yeah, he did. He got the tactics spot on. Um, nice to see Lallana get a run out of about fifteen minutes at the end of the game too. Didn't really do much though. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to show his new haircut, basically. Yeah, absolutely. He had a shot. He had a shot, and he did two Cruyff turns and had a shot. A, a successful run out for Lalana. He gets the two Cruyff turns in yeah. average Just, every, every five minutes. It's still going. What would he be good at? I don't know. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Just, I just got to realize today though the craft turns are indeed like looking like game management where it just kills off any offensive movement and it's almost like becoming a game management tool. <laughs> 
All right, okay, so I think we've kind of discussed the midfield. Now the fun part, guys. Um, Shree, this is obviously your second visit to Anfield. Justin, it was your first. You saw the front three score. You even saw Emre Jan score, a player that you're a, you, you're a fan of. And, of course, we conceded a silly goal. Uh, that is just classic Liverpool right there for you. So, happy days. But we're going to discuss the front three. And I think the first player that we've got to discuss right now, um, I'm going to go with um, Bobby Firmino. Um, I thought he had a really interesting game as well because what I kind of noticed with him was, his, which is something that he does quite a lot, is chipping into the midfield a fair bit. He drops so deep to get the ball sometimes. Uh. But it seems like he's the only guy who really wants to kind of carry it carry the ball at certain points in time in, in through the midfield because like obviously Mane and Salah want to carry the ball but it's you know much more of a final third type of thing yes uh, he, he's you know we all think we know how good Bobby Firmino is but then every single time we see I, I see him play and particularly just getting to watch him actually play without the uh, the, the TV focusing me on what I want to see you see how much he grafts you see how much you? he grafts he's he, he doesn't stop running he's so good he creates chances for other people you could see that other teams just hate playing against him, and I—I I mean, I would—I would too. He's just so destructive and bothersome. I, I love him, and I, I was glad to see him score. I—I uh, I, I would just wish that uh, the front three, um, and uh, you know, granted, you know, Gags just went through with those stats. I want to see them shoot even more. <laughs> Shri, your thoughts? What did you um, find um, tactically fascinating about Roberto Firmino today? Yeah, obviously, he, he creates a midfield overload, whether it's intentional or not, but he does that indeed. But the interesting thing is, obviously, he wins the ball, but the next moment is again into the attack. So, it's it's almost he, he gets the ball back and he also creates the transition. And it's unreal what a single guy is ultimately doing. And he does this game in, game out. He, he, uh, Klopp highlighted even during the Marbella uh, training camp that he's a guy who just doesn't want to stop playing or take a rest. You literally have to force him to take rest, but to just keep doing this for 90 minutes each week, touch wood, but his fitness levels are unreal and his commitment to his craft is as good as his fitness, I would say. Gags, you really need that kind of player in that front three, don't you? Somebody who just has that ability to drop deep. Uh, pick up the intelligent pass, make the intelligent runs, look up, see who's making the right runs, press. He seems to be the perfect um, component for that front three that Jurgen Klopp's got there. Your thoughts on Roberto Firmino today? Yeah, he was good. He's, he got his goal. Uh, could have done a, be- a bit better a couple of times, but I think they all could. <laughs> we, we complained a lot, but how can you complain after a 4-1 and your front three have scored, you know, and he's he's chipped in as well, so... Yeah, I, there's not really much to complain about. He's, he's class. The, the points that Shree makes dropping into midfield, that overload is what makes us win the press. That is what makes us then, you know, um, create those those quick counter-attacks. And uh, they, they are vital. Vital to Liverpool this season that like we went through on uh, AI Pros under pressure. Cheap plug. Cheap plug indeed. Uh, I mean, any final thoughts on Roberto Firmino before we move on to Sadio Mane? Yeah, he's an underrated passer. He is an underrated And, and it's unreal to watch him live. We've seen him over TV, but it just opens up so many different dimensions to his game when you watch him live, especially. Nice, I like that. And I like the fact that he's underrated. It means other people can't come snooping around. <laughs> Let him play under that invisibility clock. Right, we're going to talk about Sadio Mane there. Uh, of course, got a goal. Gag said he had the highest um, shots there. So, Justin, your thoughts on Sadio Mane? Um, you know, a player that's been getting, you know, a fair bit of a 
criticism, constructive criticism doesn't do an awful lot, but again, worked his arse off today. Um, it's unfair criticism. He's really good. Always has been. People think that, uh, you know, they see it because he occasionally has a loose first touch that he's not playing well, but he's been playing well for the last, you know, month and a half. It's, it's, it's a false narrative. Um, under pressure's broken it down enough, statistically. But he's a threat every time he gets the ball. Other teams are still afraid of him. He still takes other guys on, and he's still looking to get behind. Um, he's he's just really good. I'm I'm a huge fan, and I'm very very glad that he got a goal today because he was working really hard for one. Uh, all of them were. All, all all three of the front three really wanted to get on the score sheet, and they all did, which is just yeah, that's that's what you really want to see. Absolutely. And and Shri, your thoughts on Sadio Mane today? Yeah, he was great, and as Justin said, he he's been consistently good. It's just that we have had the phenomenon called Mo Salah this season. So in terms of if, if you, last year, if you remember when he got injured, it was like Liverpool just couldn't play without Sadio Mane. That that was the narrative which emerged. While this season, he's he's still producing the numbers. You could say almost at the same rate, but it's just that he's not been as much noticed because we've had Salah who's like on an unreal streak of form. So, obviously, in terms of what he needs to produce and what he contributes is still the same. He could, the, You could say the only argument is he could easily score a goal or two more every game because he clearly has those, those many, you could say, good chances. It's yeah. not about just uh, any chance. He pro- has proper good chances where he could have easily scored. And to, uh, today, again, he could have scored at least a couple more if, if, if it was his day. But, obviously... And and let's not forget what they also bring is the ability to interchange the fluidity in the front three because Mane played on the right side before Salah came in, so he's quite comfortable playing on the right. Salah can switch, Firmino can switch. So all three. The f- one thing is their intelligence, but the fluidity is also what kills other teams because you're not quite sure whether you need to ad- you need to anticipate the movement movement in terms of Firmino dropping deep and then get back. Do you need to anticipate the pace of Salah? Do you need to and this with the dribbling and the acceleration of money. You don't know because you're not quite sure who's going to be there at which position and what point of time. Fair comment. And Gags, your thoughts on Sadio Mane? Um, I'm going to concentrate on what's on the road for now. You guys talk. <laughs> We're on the motorway, so let me focus on this. Can't Sorry. fucking multitask this shit, Ed. No chance Thank That's you for it. not getting me killed, Gags. No problem. <laughs> Nobody wants to die in Manchester. <laughs> Yeah, go to Justin. Yeah, uh, Justin. Um, any final thoughts on Sadio um, on Sadio Mane? There, do, do you think maybe it could be that? Um, obviously, I remember at the beginning of the season when Sadio Mane, uh, both of you, please chip in on this. He was firing on all cylinders when he's playing with, like, say, a likes of like um, Alberto Moreno on the left with him. Do you think sometimes the personnel might affect his performances, or not really? No, I I don't think it's really doing much. I mean. We're talking about a guy also who's... The, the guy who always complains about ambient noise has had his radio come on three times. <laughs> it's, traffic, it's traffic news, guys. Uh, whatever, stop making excuses. It's gags, he just wants to play his music. He thinks it's a carpool, not a pod. Um, not a car pod. Yeah, no, but I mean, I, I, I think it's... We're talking about a guy who scored, you know, four in his last two. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been scoring goals. He's been creating chances. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not broken. He's not broken. I think, that, I think a lot of supporters just need something to whine about sometimes. Absolutely. And Shri, your th- um, final thoughts on uh, Sadio Mane before we move on? I think uh, it's actually a very good thing, the emergence of Salah this season. 
so for all the criticism it, it still allows him to stay a bit out of limelight and he's not the prime focus as he was last season it allows it allows him the ability to recover uh, phases of bad form where there has been a slip in terms of his performance level he's he's, he's clearly struggled in few of the games but uh, the presence of sala has meant that he he has had the time and the chance to recover his own form and now we have seen the benefits of it and obviously mm. how we have managed their minutes has also played a huge part this season we have not burnt out any one of the front three in particular but on the flip side of that i mean i know sadi i mean you know mosala's inclusion has really helped because we've got that pace on the other side it's great but i feel like some of the, i don't know maybe it's just me i'd love to hear your thoughts on this but for me i feel like a lot of the sadi omani criticism is because we're looking at mosala and we're seeing what he's doing and then we're kind of judging Sadio Mane on on uh, on what Marcelo's doing which I think is a little unfair. Yeah, well I mean just because Leo Messi is a really great player doesn't make Luis Suarez any Absolutely. Like, be, be terrible like it, it's 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 all it's it's relative like yeah there are some like there are some Salas playing out of his skin like the, like this is likely I hope I mean I hope I'm wrong but this is likely the best run of form of some, uh, that Mohamed Salah will ever have in his life. I hope I'm wrong. But um Why, why, why do we have to compare? Why do we have to compare it to Mane? Can't, can't they both be good? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly and, my thought. And ultimately, what we want is both of them to be good because if they are good, more more chances than not, we are going to win, and that's what matters ultimately. And Mane scored uh, as many goals as last season already now, and uh, we're in uh, we're in Feb, and also same assists as well. So he's he's done it in less time, and yeah, yeah, yeah actually less minutes too. So there you go. another myth that's been busted thank you so much shriek going to come to you now mohammed salah breaking records as justin said there 31 goals um gags you said something about him today oh he's i don't know what the number is but he's broken the number of goals scored with his left foot in the in in, in a season uh robbie fowler had it so he's beaten robbie fowler's record as well but <laughs> robbie's lost one more Yeah, so your thoughts on Marcelo today because I thought again he was an absolute terrier. Just a question of how many more records is he going to break? Because it's clearly this th- uh, though he's quite Guinness ex- World Records book could just be <laughs> Marcelo just breaking everything. <laughs> At least the one thing we could say is though he's quite far experience in terms of the number of leagues he's played number of teams he's played it's quite clearly his breakout season there's there's no doubt about it. it it's it's almost the perfect harmony of how Klopp's teams play and how it benefits in what he's good at and uh, so in terms of logical sense there is no reason to doubt this could continue whether this can continue at the same rate is a different question but there's no doubt Salah is going to keep scoring goals if we are going to play in the similar manner because obviously we we even the midfield as the game plan is not about possession or not about control it's it's just purely on transition and there's quite literally no one better you could have or hope for in terms of handling transitions than Mo Salah so the goals are just going to keep coming uh, there's no doubting about that and again it's it's almost like more initially the early part of the season was like he scored 10 but the always the complaint was imagine how many he could have scored if he had scored all those big chances he missed and now it's almost seeming like any quite uh, you could say not the biggest of chances any half decent chance 
he usually puts it in more than not and it's quite clearly the goals which he scored this season is obviously playing its part he's got far more confident of his craft and the goals just seem to come in so i i don't think we can keep saying anything new we can just keep hoping that the records are just going on just kept to be broken and hopefully all these and let's not forget each one of them their ability to shine has been helped by the other two mm-hmm. and it's 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 ultimately about the front three you could say sala is clearly the star he's he's the darling of the media and he's darling of the fans now but let's not underestimate the contribution of mane and firmino in this great season for sala absolutely i mean it's not even his goal scoring is it just in some of the passes that he was playing today as well looking up just at that ability i mean she's right i mean he should have scored that that chance early in the first half i mean like we were all like we thought that I was thought it went in. yeah i thought it went in but <laughs> hits the inside hits the inside of the post doesn't get the bounce and still you're, breaking records so i love yeah. that <laughs> and you're sat and you're sat there hoping like i hope this isn't one of those days yeah but i but we've run out of we've run out of superlatives for him He's he's just that he's just too good. Um, did he create as well? Just did he did, he did create today. Um, actually, that I think I think it was his press that helped on Firmino's goal. What about the corner? You, you said it was. Oh yeah, the, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah he took the corner that Emery headed into. After taking a really shit one before that, but uh, <laughs> but hey, yeah, he he has he has, he has he has a goal and an assist. Just proving he, he is in God. That's yeah, what he press. Yeah, he he pressed well. I like all the noise he makes about being a Liverpool supporter and wanting to win stuff here. Half the time it's bullshit, but I, I like hearing it still. Um, he's 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 an incredible player. I'm, I'm I'm so happy he's ours. It's amazing. It's amazing. There's there's no more words for Mo Salah. I think I think it's, you can't really praise. It. Yeah, it's just a, it's just plagiarism. That's all you could do, really. Copy and paste and say you words. You just copy and pasted my comment. There you go. <laughs> I just copy and pasted his comment. But but that's all you can do. It's he is the destroyer. He's our destroyer. He's the missing link. And I went through all of his, the reason why, you know, on, on under pressure in terms of how he's completed this team and enabled them to become, um, how'd you say it? Such a threat in, in, in quick, not quick, in, in counterattacks. That's the threat. He's been the missing link in the counterattack. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how, uh, how much difference he's made in the pressing wins deep. You know, and we've tripled up. We've tripled up presses one that led to shots and goals uh, from last season to this season. And I focus, I, I solely think he's the one. But obviously, I can't go into all the numbers because otherwise the uh, the subscribers will kick my ass because it's it's all on it's all on uh, under pressure. And there's so much more that we go into in terms of it. It's unbelievable. Can we, bring, can we bring up one other thing about him too, which is he was... Early in the game, you could just see that he was really looking to try to get in behind every single time we had the ball. Like, yeah, he want he wants to be one on one versus the keeper, um, and you want him to be one on one versus the keeper because you know he's going to get there more than once, and you know he's gonna you know he's gonna he's gonna score. It's like it's not a Liverpool game at this point if he doesn't score. Another thing I kind of noticed certainly in the second half was um, I felt like the defenders were a lot tighter on our front men. I felt like the ball had to be perfect to them and they still managed to score, which speaks volumes, you know, of that attack and the creativity in that team. I mean, anything on that? And one more thing, let's not forget. First off, obviously, we did explore a lot of long balls, but the intricate control between the front three in terms of in th- tight spaces, because they, it was clearly like the midfield and the edge of the box was, was getting quite crowded, but the, the Liverpool front three still managed to 
pull out a sequence of passes so it's quite clear it's fluidity it's understanding it's it, uh, i forgot gag's phrase perfectionist anticipation exactly there you go i didn't want to say it it's trademarked by him but uh, still in that that's what it looks like the front three have just played together so much that they kind of know where they are going to be and where the spaces and that's all i can say i think again it's it's just the incredible hard work put in by all three of them i think that's pretty much it for the attack i think you know we know they work together we know they complement each other it is probably the most fluid attack i've seen in a very long time they all kind of they all chip in with the goals they all graft it's it's beautiful and i'm so glad it's ours guys can we can we talk can we talk about how the west ham official account put out a tweet that they'd not lost in three visits to us and therefore they were it was all going to be fine today and also moise was manager and moise got absolutely flattened so west ham take that bitches <laughs> you're so petty gags <laughs> <laughs> one goal difference for each of those three visits basically 8-2 on aggregate against them this season 8-2 on aggregate i like that see this is why you guys are awesome you have a great memory i can't remember yesterday I can't. I'm not even going to lie about it. I thought, you know, that assist by Emre Can was against Burnley, so that just tells you everything you need to know about me. I have a short-term memory, but guys, I think we've discussed the everything about uh, the, the team there. Is there any final thoughts before we move on to man of the match? I love Anfield. That's my final thought. I mean, how was that, Justin? I mean, that I... feeling. You see you've seen it on TV for so long and you were there. If you You watch it you watch a game on TV and the crowd doesn't seem like it's as, it's as close to the pitch as it is but Anfield it, it, everybody's clo- it's all close to the pitch and you can really just it's loud you can hear and you can see the energy boost that players get when the co- when the cop just starts screaming out their names or singing it's it, it is so huge for for them and it it's you know quite frankly I had a few moments of like you know hair standing on the back of my neck um hearing you'll never walk alone really really did it for me you know at, nice. at the beginning of the game getting to hear it again at the end of the game you know celebrating a win also did it for me um just the just the feeling when we were driving up and I saw Anfield for the first time uh you know leaving leaving the car park um and a special thanks to Harinder for giving Shree and I a ride up from London but uh it it just every it, it was just a magical experience for me I you know It, 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 it's a it's a bucket list trip that I hope is not a last time that I'm going there. We'll put it that way. I I I really want to come back. I'm sure it won't be, but let's be honest, Justin, you're far too modest. Your favorite part of today was chilling with me. You're uh, damn straight. <laughs> that was actually second. The first was the massage. The massage, yes. Horrendous car does have a massaging chairs. It is quite nice. I'm uh, glad you cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could have. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to turn this podcast into a rated R one. <laughs> But now uh, that that was that that was everything I could have hoped for more. Uh, th- that was just so great. And Shri, I mean, this is your second visit, first time under Jurgen Klopp. Um your first win as well. Indeed. First win as well. Great, great. And thanks to again Harinder Paji obviously the view as you rightly said the match of the day view. I mean, how close or how more central could you get it just like bang on mm-hmm. bang on the half line and you could see the whole game enveloping and it, the one thing which immediately struck me was the width of the pitch mm. and like how Klopp has even used the width of the pitch to aid how his team plays it's obviously far more tight than other 
at least it felt like that the other grounds look far more expensive expansive while obviously he kept the pitch narrow obviously it's in so that the mid or all the players are going to be far more closer to each other which means obviously they aids the pressing and aids the transition that's the first thing i felt in uh, in that how even small small things like width of the pitch aids in terms of how your game plan is going to develop so that was but great environment great when and obviously i can't wait to be back again and your favorite thing was sharing my chips it was i wasn't sharing you forced me to eat it so <laughs> you know what kind of stuff looking cuz I don't share my chips with anyone. I don't care. <laughs> I mean I mean for me personally uh it was great uh watching the game with you guys spending this time with you. Um it's one of my bucket lists. I mean I love it when the internationals come over. I've you know watched the game with Darsh before. I I can't think of any other um podcasters internationally that we've had or well I've personally met or watched a game with so this was a massive honor for me. Uh you're not only podcasters you're my friends it's just a shame you live so far away but it was absolutely incredible and now i'm kidnapping him to manchester <laughs> that's it now that's done gags your final thoughts on today's experience yeah it was a great experience nice to sit down and and watch the game with justin and have a good chat whilst we're watching it and i think it's it's always on whatsapp you know that you you're sharing thoughts but for once uh, the thoughts were in in person Uh, and in a, in a pretty damn good seat I might add as well. So yeah, it was very good and it was nice to see both of them. And we're going to go have some good dinner now and have some fun. But let me give you a quick stat. Gags, you and I have seen three games inside the same place and we've never lost. Iconic duo right there. Well guys, um now we're going to move on to your man of the match. Gags, I'm going to come to you first on this one because I want you done and dusted. God, you know what? Just I wanted to give it to Robertson. Um I'm going to have to give it to Salah because of the goal and the assist in the end because that's two more added to his goal involvement so his stats are amazing so yeah, give it to Mo running down the wing. Salah la la la. Egyptian. Mo Salah, Mo Salah, Mo Salah. Sorry. That's quite enough tandem. I, I was quite the bit sad they didn't sing the if it is good enough for you. Good enough for you. Is good enough for you and I'll be Muslim too. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Incredible. I mean, Shri, your man of the match today. You're paying for my dinner then Robert of Firmino. <laughs> I am paying for your dinner. You get chips as well. The Bobby curly Firmino. kind. Bobby Firmino. Yeah, Bobby Firmino. It's just incredible to see him live. Is I would say is a totally different experience. The kind of work he just puts in. You knew he works hard, but to actually see it, it's literally. I had an opinion of him. I knew he was great. I think he makes this team tick, and that's the transition I've seen in terms of seeing him over TV to seeing him live. Justin, the Yorkshire Tevez, James Milner, fantastic game today. Loved him. Thought he was great. Incredible. I think we've got some great shouts there. I mean, for me, I was going to give it to uh, Marcela, but I don't want to agree with Gag, so I'm going to give it to Robertson just to be different. <laughs> 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 so we've all got a different man of the match, which speaks volumes about the performance. But guys, Shri just touched on something there—the fact that he was really impressed by seeing um, Roberto Firmino in the flesh. So I've got to ask you, which player blew you away in the flesh? Um, 
Salah. Like, I thought I thought Milner was I, th- I thought Milner was nearly flawless for what he needed to do, but Salah's frightening. Other, like every every single ball that goes that, that goes over the top, he's he's getting in a foot race with a defender too, and he's going to win most of those foot races. Um, it, he's just amazing, amazing to see in the flesh. He's so quick. He's got such good control, and you know what he's going to go do, but you can't stop him. Mm. And he plays for you, so it's not bad. Exactly. <laughs> I, for me, I would say in terms of, yeah, Bobby Firmino, I've touched in, but really excited to see Virgil van Dijk. It's, it's literally a Rolls Royce of a player. Mm. It's like, it's almost like he, he seems to be, he seems to see the game in a slow motion view. He has so much time to react to things. He's always at the right position. He's not flustered at all. There's a decision to make and he's usually there to make the decision, but he also has a potential cover in terms of something goes wrong. There's a potential ability to recover. He's blessed with all the traits we would need. It's, we just touch what he just needs to be fit, but, just the amount of time he has on the ball, Virgil van Dijk. Great shouts there. Right, um, I think that is the end of the Nina Kauser show. So um, a massive thank you for you guys for listening. A huge thank you to Gags for driving. And, of course, uh, my two excellent, excellent panellists slash friends slash matchgoers. It's been incredible. Uh, massive thank you to Justin and Shri. Um, anything you'd like to plug before we uh, call it a day and get some food? I'm not working on anything right now, but I'll probably do something soon. So just Ooh. watch my Twitter account. Yeah. Do, and I still can't pronounce your Twitter handle after all these years, Justin. And what about yourself, Shree? Not done much, pretty much very recently, but the A India group has, the boys band, you could say, has got back and there is a pod which just came in and I'm just worried for Adi now though after seeing the James Milner performance. <laughs> He's actually quite um, uh, quite good about him actually on, on the previous India one. Really good pod. Do check that out, guys. Do check out the USA pod as well. Justin's part of that. That'll be up and running soon as well. Gags, from you, what would you like to plug? Uh, AI Pro, please. Okay, guys, you've heard him there. He was speaking about under pressure. There's so much great content. You've got the stats under pressure. You've got Molby on the spot. You've got other legends. You've got the post-match raw show. Um, you've got Tactics Weekly. I do Euro Incision, Media Matters. So much phenomenal content. Of course, preview with Eddie Gibbs. So much great content. You don't want to miss out. All you got to do is go to anfieldindex.com forward slash join. $4.99 a month, $49.99 annually, and there is a seven-day free trial. So you get to listen for free for seven days, and if you're not happy, you can cancel your subscription and it's all good. But I don't think you will because that content is insanely, insanely good. So do check that out. For my part, I will be back on Anfield Index TV. Please do support me. I want to keep doing this. I shall be back next week with a video plenty to discuss so guys till next time i will catch you in my next nina kaza show this one has been great thank you so much and up the reds Podcast Network.